talk about it right here. We're gonna talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real clear. It's today talks right here. We're gonna talk about it right here. I'm gonna talk about everything you like. I'ma make it real, real quick. Cause it's today talk. And I'ma talk about it. Yeah, cause it's today talk. And I'ma talk about it. And welcome to the Tanae Talks podcast, the podcast that educates and entertains, the podcast where you come to laugh and learn. I am your host, Tanae Talks, and today we're doing something special. But before I get into that, I will be remiss without mentioning today's show sponsor. Today's show is brought to you by 810 Taco Seasoning, packed with nine powerful flavors and low in sodium. Remember, 810 Tacos are... Made for tacos, (laughs) but delicious on everything. (laughs) I had a brain freeze. The creator of 810 Tacos is here today to interview me. I'm being interviewed on my own podcast. We're doing a reverse podcast. I didn't even know what a reverse podcast was, um, but Zanetta Unique Empower reached out to me and was like, you ever thought about doing a reverse podcast? And I was like, I never thought of it. Because I never knew what it was. And she explained to me what it was. So here we are. So well, well thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. I'm so excited. And I'm I think that as a concept, our listeners knowing more about you, the story behind Tanae. And I know that you tell your story all the time through each of your interviews, but I'm really excited for us to have a conversation to hear Tanae talks about some of the topics that I have. I think it's going to be fun. You and I have come a long way. Maybe a mighty long way. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) So this is awesome. I'm really excited. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. I'm so nervous, low key, because I'm like, what has she conjured up? I mean, we're really just having a conversation, right? Because that is what all of, you know, our content has been about, just having conversations, being real, um, and just making space for each other's um, knowledge, opinions, perspectives. So um, I think it's going to be good. I mean, you're a star, you're a gem, you know, to me, you're Flint's finest, okay? (laughs) You are, no matter what anybody says. No, you're Flint's finest, for sure, no matter, you know. Flint, everyone knows this is so important to me. No matter where I go, you know, that's something that I have to represent because as they say, Flint made me. So that's just, it's etched etched in my heart, my spirit. And that is amazing. You are so Flint to me. And I love that. Um, And you have this deep love for the city from not just your heritage, but also your support, you know, supporting mm-hmm. other black businesses from Flint all the way down to your very black wedding reception. I love <laughs> that. You it was so black. It was so black. But tell us more about that because some of your listeners are outside of Flint and are still learning about Flint and its history per se. But what does Flint mean to you exactly? Why is it a city and space that's so close to your heart? Flint is so, well, you said it's my lineage, it's my heritage. That's where I was born and that's where I was raised. That's where I was cultivated to have my uh, my strong opinions. Um, even though, uh, so historically, my family comes from the East Coast. My grandmother is from um, Pennsylvania. And then they basically that whole side uh, relocated to Flint because it was booming at the time 
with GM. And so just to know that, just to know that history, like Flint was rich and vibrant and it attracted hardworking, working class people. My family are hardworking, working class folk. They, they keep a job. They stay with a job. They're going to find a way to make it work. And that is the essence of Flint. They're going to always find a way to make a way out of no way. And I always tell people I got that grit in me. They always say, you know, there's a slogan that says built Flint tough. And I'm so I'm so built Flint tough. Like I got thick skin. Um, you can't get nothing over me or past me. Even if you think that you are, I know what's what. <laughs> and that's the grit and the resilience and the and the toughness of Flint. Also, just knowing the heritage of Flint, like the sit down strikes and forming unions and standing up for what you believe in and fighting for others. Like that's ingrained in the fabric of Flint and that's ingrained in the fabric of me. I'm always anybody who's ever worked with me know that I'm going to stand up for something that I think is crazy. <laughs> or like in any minor injustice, I've been doing this since elementary school. Like if I if I felt the teacher was being unfair, we need to have a conversation about this. <laughs> if I felt right. you were doing something wrong to my friends, whether you are a peer or not, okay, we need to have a conversation about this. And so, you know, that's just that's the fun in me. I love that. I love that. And so you have a lot of fond memories about your childhood in Flint. And so tell us, to me, you're like a Flint historian. If I ever need to know anything, I'm going to run them by you. Because I know that you know, and you have someone that I can talk to if you don't know. <laughs> your favorite Flint memory, like if you can pick your top Flint memories, you know, for me, I think about Summer Pro-Am. Like Summer Pro-Am was always yeah. fun to wash your car up going over there we might may or may not even go into the game but it was just such a cool yes, see everybody in one place i love that so what are uh, some of your favorite flip memories oh my god you brought up pro am i'm like i remember like getting a fresh flat iron to put on a cute out so it was summertime so you're gonna put on your shortest of shorts okay your cutest of top your best sandals or your best kicks <laughs> yeah, lip gloss but people the girl the girls weren't into makeup like that but no. the lip gloss had to be popping and the hair had to, had to be laid okay okay <laughs> <laughs> so that's a memory like pro-am and for y'all who don't know what pro-am is that's like when professionals um and amateurs trying to get in, in the pro leagues and those who are already in the pro league they they come and play basketball in the summer because flint is a basketball town so we have bread to the to the new to the new kids on the block, Kyle Kuzma, Glenn Rice, Mateen Cleves, Mo Pete, uh, Charlie Bell, you know, the Flintstones, all that they're affectionately known. Uh Dre Rice, just that he's mm -hmm. played overseas, just so many. Oh, Kelvin Tobert, mm -hmm. Kellen Brandon, like all these people are like hoop stars, hoop yep. legends. Um Marty Embry, all those people. So like going to the Pro-Am was like going to an NBA game. So that's a fine memory. Going to the city, the city basketball game. So Flint had four main high schools. You probably heard me talk about it. Flint Central, Flint Northwestern, Flint Southwestern, and Flint Northwestern. And they used to have what we call double headers at our sports arena. It was called the IMA Sports Arena. 
And yeah. then it went to Dort Federal. It's something, but it Dort will always be the IMA. It is the IMA, for sure. <laughs> it's going to be the IMA to the end of time. It's on Lapeer Road on the south side of Flint. And that's where the doubleheader basketball games were. So, again, you got to put on your freshest outfit. You had to be there. What? I'm going to the valley. <laughs> we have to go to the mall. Yes, because I'm about to do some laps around this arena. <laughs> Because you got to walk around to be seen, of course. Definitely getting popcorn, going to the bathroom. No. Because you want to get hollered at. Like the that was our Instagram. That was That's how we were being seen in real life. See me. I'm at the game. I'm, I'm at the line. game. And everybody who is anybody is going to be at the game. And when we Neither. say the game, it's any game. Football, basketball, but specifically at the IMA. It's going to be a basketball game. She said it's our Instagram, right? Because you got to be seen in your freshest outfit. I was a cheerleader. So my uniform was the cheerleader outfit. And every girl, at least that was always my dream as a child. Like, I got to grow up and be a cheerleader like Kelly Kapowski from Save by the Bell and, <laughs> and Lark, Lisa Turtle. So it was like my dream to be a cheerleader. And I became one. So the energy of the IMA, like the smell of popcorn, the smell of Kogels burning. That's hot dogs for y'all don't know. We Flint, so we're going to eat Kogels. Uh, <laughs> just uh, the excitement of your, your rival team there, and you got to have a cheer battle, and your, and, and your cheer sisters are your gang against the other cheerleaders. So we, we, but we were bring it on before it was bring it on. It's and already been brought. In. It's already okay. been brought, okay? So that was really fun. <laughs> Um, Zanetta and I were both a part of the AKETS teen club. And okay. so the teen clubs were sponsored by the Divine Nine or the National Panhellenic Council, where they had teen groups where they mentored young ladies and you had to have, have a high scholastic average. So you couldn't be, <laughs> you could not be not smart and not, and be in it. You know, you had to have the grades and it taught us etiquette and how to be a lady, but it also taught us how to step. And we had a step show, a December step show, and a June step show. One during Christmas break, and then we had a step show during when school got out. And again, you had to be anybody who was anybody. <laughs> so which step show? Are there any step shows that you'll never forget? You already know, Z. When we, when we had on those... The jerseys and the boots. Steps but okay. this was like your sophomore year, my senior year of high school. When we had the airbrush baseball jerseys, the Timberland boots airbrush that had ACATS and your name on the side. No, I think that was your freshman year we did that. That was your freshman year. One but I really want to put it on the record, you know, the creative vision for this. Who's in, Who gave us that inspiration? Who gave us the inspiration to who came up with those outfits? Because those are the most iconic A cat step show <laughs> outfits ever. The boots, the airbrush boots. Come on. The airbrush. I don't know who gave the idea, but we had some heavy hitters on the A kids, y'all. Y'all know some of these people to this day. Aisha Howard is a news anchor in Atlanta. She was an A-Kid. She was on in that iconic show. Char Bates, who is an, a national Black activist, was in this step show. Stacey Cheney, beautiful green-eyed bandit. Um, Kelly Truesdale. 
me, Zanetta, Kendra Cochran, like we was Tiffany Wells, like Maisha Peoples. Like these I was just gonna people. say Maisha, yeah. These are influencers that you may have seen or that you know, like they were on that iconic step team where we wore the airbrushed. <laughs> I'm always thankful because I barely made it, okay? I was, <laughs> I was barely making it. Tanae, please show me one more time. <laughs> Well, like I'm an easy learner, so if I'm gonna learn the step, and then I gotta show everybody else, because I'm gonna take you. I'm not gonna get annoyed with you. I'm gonna just take you through the steps so you can get it. And then I, another iconic step show was when we had those Aeropostale shirts in pink and green. Yeah, they had our names on them. Yep. And we said, I don't want to grow up because if I did, I wouldn't be a pink and green kid. That and we killed it. <laughs> that is iconic. I cannot tell you how many times Bertha pulled me to the side and told me I had this was my last chance. Please, please work with Shout me. Shout out to Bertha. <laughs> Shout out to Bertha. I think Bertha came up with the idea of the boots and the jersey because she was very a fashionable mm -hmm. lady, you know, and she was she was serious business. So I can imagine she pulled you over to the side. Yeah, you know, it's all right. But that's sisterhood. That is sisterhood. And that is why I, again, I always want to give you flowers because look at that, you know, through different journeys and stages of life. I think that you have always exhibited this high aptitude for sisterhood and making spaces for women and having this show and bringing on so many different um, strong leaders throughout your time with Tanae Talk. So, you know, again and keeping with the topic of of flint um with such fond memories what do you want flint to be in the future what do you envision the future of flint to be um, in many cities there's gentrification there's a shift of people coming home from large cities and going back to small towns and making them to be better places um but how do we bring the past and the future of flint together into something new Wow, that's such a loaded question. Gentrification is happening everywhere. And for those who think gentrification is a good thing, it is, I don't view it as a positive thing. It erases people. It erases history. It removes people from what they've known because it prices them out. Mm -hmm. And although it makes it look good, that same look could have been good if the powers that be took the time to dedicate um, resources to those areas. Yep. And oftentimes we blame the people for the rundownness of an area, but it's like not the people. You, you make them lose hope when you don't take the time to invest in what they got going on, to invest in that part of the town by keeping up the grass, keeping up the abandoned homes and things of that nature. So I want to start with there, there that it erases people and it pushes people out. But I would like to see for Flint is not, it will never be what it was when I was growing up. But that doesn't have to be a negative. That could be also a positive because there's so many entrepreneurs in Flint and just new businesses, skincare lines, beauty, accessories, uh, health, food, all these uh, nail shops, all these mm. different business and ventures with women and men that I know that I've grown up with, you know, starting these businesses. So there is time for growth and innovation in Flint. And I love it. I just don't want the, some of the people from a lower economic 
uh, social economic position to be left out of mm -hmm. the prey for what's coming forward. Mm -hmm. um, because they are equally as important just because they may not have the money or the finances. And we just can't always spit out financial literacy, financial mm -hmm. literacy. Like we love to spew it out. Oh, they just need to be educated. It's like, yes, people are educated to know that they need to pay their bills and they know what they need to do to survive. When you're in survival mode, you yeah. know, you just need your Maslow's hierarchy of needs. You need your basic necessities met. And those people don't need to be left out just because they don't have as much as someone else. So the future of Flint, I want vibrant parks. Mm. I want Pro-Am to come back. Uh, Amari, uh, one of my cheer sisters, you know, you say I always um, yeah. promote sisterhood. And all of the spaces that I've been in growing up from Stepping Stones, that was a, a youth group when I was in elementary, mm -hmm. and A-Kits that I got um, to in, Upward Bound, um, in high school and Upward Bound and uh, seats choosing to succeed, way to H. McCree and oh, yeah. scholarship program. All these, uh, when I was a cheerleader, all these different things, volleyball, I accumulate sisters and I accumulate brothers and I, I'm very familial because that's how my mother was. My mother was very welcoming and very familial. And so I want to see, uh, like I, I was mentioning Amari, she um, just got elected um, a new position to bring more businesses and revenue into the activities in Flint to attract more people. And she brought back the Gus Macker tournament. Again, Flint is a basketball town, so we love basketball. She brought that tournament back. So to just bring more, some of the things that we're used to back, bringing Canusa back. That's Canada, hmm. the USA. They call it Canusa Games. And that we had a partner, Flint had a partnership with Canada, taking students from Flint to Canada and Canada to Flint. And it went back, back and forth yearly for those. Mm -hmm. So bringing those things back. I remember that we can sustain bringing NYSP back, which was a national youth sports program um, that was brought into the city so that students could get um, to, so that they could get exposed to the varying sports from softball to swimming to tennis. Mm -hmm. I learned how to swim in the fifth grade um, at Mott Community College through the, the national youth sports program, which is NYSP. I learned how to swim because of that program. So bringing back more programs, programming, programming, programming for the low-income students to the high-income student. NYSP, there were students there whose parents made six figures. And there mm -hmm. were students there who parents, you know, were right at the poverty line, poverty, poverty line or below, but they could all be with each other and mess with each other and have a good time. So I hope the beautification of Flint is not just limited to one place, which is downtown. I hope the beautification of Flint is spread from the south side to the north side. I'm from the north side. So let the beautification spread to the east side, the south side, north side, the west side, every end of the city. Let programming come back every end yep. of the city, busing to neutral places. And yep. the beautiful thing about NYSP, your the buses will pick you up at your nearest elementary school. Okay, and they took you over to Mott Community College, and it came from all four areas, all east, south, west, north. Mm -hmm. um, to pick students up to bus them to a central location, you know. I love so that. Things like. Like that, you know, that, that builds that um, youth foundation that we had, mm -hmm. all those mm -hmm. experiences made us to be strong, well-rounded adults. 
And that's what I want for the youth of Flint. I don't yes. know a, a lot of the up and coming youth that's coming through there. And mm-hmm. when I was there, I was involved with the youth because I wanted to build strong leaders. So now I try to do as much as if somebody tell me to donate or tell me about something, I try to promote it yep. from afar or I try to help in a, in the way that I that I best can do because I want those students to go out and do greatness like all the, the kids that we knew, all those Flint kids that we know. I want them yep. to be great like that. Okay, Tanae for mayor, okay, I would move to Flint. <laughs> I would move you to Flint and move myself to Flint because that is beautiful and that is amazing. And that is just a continued uh, testament to your commitment to the community, you know, outside of your podcast. I know that you're very much involved in the community where you live now. So can you tell me more about what you're involved in, in the Dallas area? Um, I know that you love working with the youth. So yeah, just enlighten us a little bit more on, um, how that is going for you now. Wonderful. So even though I rep Flint to the end of time, I do live in Dallas. <laughs> um, I live in Dallas, Texas, and I love it here. I love the variety of Blacks here and the richness of culture here. And so one of the things that I started um, when I got here, well, a few years after I got here, was the Juneteenth bike ride. And I partner with the Pan-African Connection. Um, Pan-Africanism is important because that's just bringing people who from the African diaspora who come from all places, Jamaica, Africa, all the countries within Africa, the, the Caribbean, the United States. Pan-Africanism is to connect all the brown, the black people from yeah. everywhere. So there's a store here called the Pan-African Connection, Mama Kwete, and she allowed me and my husband to partner with her to bring the Juneteenth Freedom Ride. And we did that for two years. And now um, I, I no longer do it. Another entity has taken it over. But Tanae Talks was the initiator of that to just bring the community together um, to go bike riding. So you're getting fresh air, um, you're getting fitness in and we're riding the freedom of knowing that two years after the slaves were free, Texans did not know that uh, until two years later on, on, on June 19th. So we celebrate Juneteenth. So that's something that I brought to bring us together to celebrate that freedom. Um, I've also volunteered here with um, a Black Girls Code. Um, that's I didn't know about Black Girls Code until I moved to Dallas. And so they sometimes have programming here where I have volunteer with that. I work in higher education. So I see students from high school students to college age students from multi-ages, from a seven, from a 16-year-old all the way up to a 72-year-old. I am helping um, to educate people and help them have upward mobility through education so that they can have um, more opportunities through education. I feel like education is the gateway to more opportunities. It doesn't mean you're smarter or greater than anybody, mm-hmm. but it does open you up to more opportunities. And so that's what I'm doing here in the Dallas area. I'm also active in my sorority, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, where we do a lot of things to um, alle- try to alleviate hunger, try to alleviate um, housing and clothing insecurities and things of that nature. I've also um, have been certified in team mental health, where I've gone and done workshops with the youth to help them be able to provide 
uh, first mental health first aid to their peers and knowing how to talk to them, knowing how to recognize the signs of maybe what's what's high looks like that is prevalent in today's social media has caused them to you know not feel the greatest about themselves so they need that mental health aid tool to help them recognize it in themselves and also recognize it within others today that is so awesome i'm so proud of you (laughs) i am so proud of you that is wonderful um and i just want to take that a little bit further and to ask you know if this is a listener's first episode up to this point you know what is the one thing you would want a new listener first time wow i just saw today it popped up in my algorithm i press play what would you want them to know about you oh that i love to laugh okay. <laughs> <laughs> that you're gonna catch me laughing like sometimes inappropriately like maybe i shouldn't have inserted a laugh there and also i laugh Sometimes when I'm nervous, like I have a nervous okay. laugh. And if you know me, you know my like my nervous tick of a laugh that I'll do. Um, and I will also want them to know that I love to be a resource to others. Mm-hmm. My students used to call me the plug because if anything that they wanted or thought, I knew somebody who knew something about it. Yep. <laughs> and I was going to connect them to it. I do that with my students. I do that mm-hmm. with my peers. I do that with strangers that i've met i've never been one to hold information if you saw me with a cute outfit on and you said where you got that from i'm going to tell you i'm not going to be like i want you what got what i got on because guess what baby you're not gonna rock it like me and <laughs> right. i'm not gonna rock it like you Shit, you might okay. uh, rock it better than me <laughs> so i'm not one to hold back resources mm-hmm. so someone came across uh, Tanae talks, and I always say this is the podcast that educates and entertains because I want you to have a good time, but I want you to learn something. I want something valuable to ha- you to have a valuable takeaway from something yeah. like, oh, I never thought about it that way, or I know that, or that's interesting. Like, that's what I want. Sweet. I like that. Okay. Okay, tonight, well, let's pivot and play a little game of this or that. <laughs> I love this interview, by the way. You're amazing. <laughs> they don't even know like how far we go back into like everything, like not just AKs, but like yes. in media. Come on. Man, I, I just wanted to take this moment to like Z because we locked in. You know what I mean? You like my little sister. Ain't no switching up. <laughs> okay. And, <laughs> but like this media journey, like we had our own radio show. And when Z, whenever she has gotten an opportunity in media, she has not left me behind in that. So when she worked for Aspire TV or uh, it was something else you did, but you like, if there's a way for me to like write or blog or interview, you can connect me to connections that I've established my own relationships with. Um, I was at, I met Omar, the New York best New York best best-selling author Omar Tyree through my work through Aspire, which I got mm-hmm. through you. And now we have a relationship. He's a reoccurring to Nate Talks guest. We like that. I noticed. I love that. <laughs> but it's just it's so you personable. Know. It matches your personality so well that you are uh, continue to have that rapport. Yeah. And he's a firecracker, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> but just like that. Fly girl. Huh? I can tell he's a firecracker, by the way. He wrote Fly Girl. So every time <laughs> I hear him on the show, it adds up, honey. It's everything. Everything. And he's so Philly. He's Philly down to the socks. Like how I'm Flint, he's Philly for real. You know what I mean? And that's beautiful because 
aside aside from that, people don't understand the rich culture of just America and how mm. blacks in America, depending on where they've been planted, is that that area is so unique. So that's why Flint is unique, or Dallas is unique, or Black Atlanta is unique. Philly is unique. And mm. I just watched this episode with Bomani Jones where they were talking to black people in Utah, Salt in Salt okay. Lake City, and you would think like who over there but yeah. it's the culture of black folks there that stick together and do what they need to do and they are also thriving off entrepreneurship because it's such a small of them like i said just like in flint or in a lot of areas um where people are picking up entrepreneurship that's not my ministry but it's somebody it's Girl, <laughs> but entrepreneurhood anyway. is a rough hood. Um, but no, what you said was really interesting because I just saw a tweet that mentioned how it was a, tw a, a tweet to a TikTok video because I don't, I'm working on TikTok. I like to get all my good TikToks through my Twitter feed. But this one was talking about how Black Americans discredit their culture and our culture that we've created here at times because we're looking to build connections um, historically, but also not understanding, like you said, you know, New Orleans has a rich Black culture. It's 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 textured and layered like many things, but it is something that we should learn to put more respect on. Um, but you always put respect on Flint, so that's cool with me because I do the same thing. <laughs> um, but our Black American culture is really, um, is really rich and there's so many things that um, people have done great things before us in those smaller cities too that we should always remember and hold to be a source of inspiration. So whenever somebody's so about their city, I love that because mm -hmm. Um, this, your city makes you who you are. Um, it gives you the, it gives you character. It gives you it gives you layers. You know, yeah. uh, I'm in Atlanta, so when people see me and they're like, "Where are you from?" and I'm like, "Flint," they're like, "Oh, okay." Well, <laughs> they, all right. know. <laughs> they know what it is. They know about water because I'm a I'm a flip the table in here and will and will and have, honey. But this is <laughs> not about me; it's about you. So um, <laughs> we about to play this or that. Okay. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. Okay, we're gonna just do a warm up, right? You know, just <laughs> keep it like okay. So, beach or pool? The, the beach. beach. I love the, the sand in my toes. I love the way sand feels. Okay, what's like your favorite beach? Earth. I love that. Do you have a favorite beach? Um, let me see. My favorite favorite beach. I liked Myrtle Beach. We always go to South Padre Island. Um, now you were looking good in Jamaica, sis. You like the Jamaican beach, baby. I love the Jamaican beach, but I didn't really get to enjoy it. The first day on the beach was good, and after that, the water was kind of murky, and so we you couldn't they like close it off or whatever. But, um, yeah, the, I love the, the beach in the Dominican Republic too. Okay, so I don't got a favorite beach. Just beach me. Beach me, Just please. beach me. I like them all. <laughs> all right, cool. So comedies or horror? Comedy. I love okay. to laugh. Favorite black comedy? My favorite black com comedian? Favorite black comedy film? Oh, favorite black comedy film. Oh, my God. I got more than one, but I'll just limit it to about five. Okay. Uh, coming to America to this number day. One or number five. Let's, let's go in order. Number one is? Coming to America. Okay. Because Two. to this day, there's so many funny things. Like, Very there's little so. nuanced funniness of coming to America. Like, 
um, the fact that Prince, when his daddy said um, he had sex with his wife, like his cleaners, like the cleaning, like, like I don't know if y'all caught that, but he'd be having sex with the little cleaning ladies, the washer ladies. He was like, I always assumed you had sex with your bathers. I know I do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I did catch that. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's like these little tiny <laughs> things, you know what I mean? Like the McDowell's versus McDonald's. Like, that's genius. Okay, so oh, I could go on and on about coming to America, the comedy in that. Um, the Nutty Professor, the first one. Okay. Is just comedy go, and I'm in I'm in the neighborhood of Eddie Murphy because he okay. is genius on fire. He okay. is he he got all the all these people right now doing multiple characters. That's because of Eddie Murphy. Like okay. we like not Carlton Banks on Instagram. We like Medea and Tyler Perry, but uh, Eddie Murphy is the originator. Okay. I do like Eddie Murphy a lot. Yeah. So Nutty Professor, because that's hilarious. Um, Life, the movie Life. Again, okay. Eddie Murphy. Okay. Uh, Number four. Another comedy. That's three. So I said Coming to America, Nutty Professor, Life. Uh, what's the comedy movie? Oh, I'm trying to think. Um. It's this it's this movie with uh Welcome Home Roscoe Jenkins. Sorry. Welcome okay. Home Roscoe Jenkins is like a classic, like Monique Martin, Mike Epps, like all of them were so funny in that movie. Um, and then number five would have to be it wasn't what not this Christmas, but it's another one of those black movies where mm -hmm. it's like an ensemble cast, but the mom died and um Danny Glover is like the head of the house. Um I can't think of the name of it, but okay. Those are my five comedy movies, black comedy movies, yes. Okay. Okay, cool. Big city or the country? I'm a city girl. Okay. <laughs> city me. Drums or flats? Drums. Okay. Blue cheese or ranch? Ranch. Lemon pepper or hot? Hot. U of M or MSU? <laughs> this is sick. U of M. <laughs> I tried to sneak it in there. Clearly. Actually, this is nuance. Okay. Because it's always go blue for football, but it's always go green, go white for basketball. Sorry. Unless we plan each other. I will take your conditional support as a <laughs> semi-Spartan. So that's cool. I'll take it. I'll take it. Okay. Okay. Um, Eric Mays or Eric Mays? Eric Mays. Cool. Uh, <laughs> that was it might option. not be racist, baby, but you definitely Eric Mays. You think her chief head Negro? <laughs> First of all, if I ever became the mayor of Flint, and I hope this doesn't deter my winnings, but if Eric Mays is still alive, baby, be my chief of staff. Because <laughs> I need him to uh, do all, be in all interviews. Make sure this person is right. Please go in there and interview this person. I want to. I, I want to summon Eric Mays to come speak to a couple of folk right now. <laughs> We need to send Eric Mays down here to Atlanta. We got some things we need to iron out. 
First of all, we pro- we need to get together and send him an edible arrangement because he deserves. I'm here for the radical honesty. I'm yes. here for people being an advocate of their perspective. We see it every day in politics where right wing local politicians can literally say anything that they want. They lead organizations, cities. They have the ability to affect our schools, take away books from students, even in Florida. So someone like Eric Mays is not radical. He's opinionated and his approach, you you deal with it on your own. But we see it all the time in politics. But when Black people are are loud about what they believe in, it's problematic. And that's Mm -hmm. what I don't agree with. Um, So, you know, Eric Mays, keep doing you. Keep doing doing you, you, Eric Mays. (laughs) Keep Keep doing doing you. you. I want you to inspire people to speak up. And, and that's what I do. I, I try to inspire people to speak up and like people be so afraid. And I understand because it's your livelihood, you know, but he don't got to be councilman. So he's like, I'm going to say what I need to say while I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, Chi Chi's Green Pack or A1O Tacos? A1O Tacos, period. Because you just. Why, why would I? Why would I? Why? The, the the green I don't understand the infatuation with the green pack I've had it and it's it's just it can do a lot more you know and I think a one tacos does more and that's why I had the green pack to too the wasn't impressed neither am I <laughs> um so with that La Azteca or La Familia Um, okay, it's both of them, and let me tell you why. <laughs> it's it's both of them because life of me. Okay, in my family, okay, when I was growing up, uh, my my grandmother's kids would always come for Christmas, Mother's Day, Easter, and sometimes and Thanksgiving. Sometimes, but if they was what they've been, but like that traditionally, that's when we get my grandmother's. Um, lineage, her her okay. flock, her okay. seeds are coming together, and so on Christmas Eve we will always go get like a twenty pack of tacos from La Familia. Okay. Well, sometimes cookies tacos because we be leaving out cookies tacos, but cookies is the mother of both of them. Where is that? That's on North Saginaw Street. To this day, to this day, it's, it, cookies is first, and then La Familia the Aztec. Is cookies is the mother of them. I've never heard of this until this very moment. <laughs> Get somebody to tell you about it. You said I'm a Flint historian. Yes. Cookies, tacos. This might be a Carmen Ainsworth moment, so I'm going <laughs> to let you continue. <laughs> you were on the bougie side of town. I was on the north side of town. So there's I'd like the to just call it the west side, but okay. <laughs> um, but no, La Familia. So the his, like in my family is history there with La Familia cookies tacos. And then I say La Azteca because that's my little sorority sister. Her family owns them and they were from um, El Salvador. So La Azteca, actually, the, the way their tacos are made, they're, they're El Salvadorian. And I just know their history and how they got over here. And so, and I rock their fam- their family. They are all of these are family owned businesses, but that's that. why I say both of them. Okay, okay, I'm here for that. Um, another taco related question because I can't help myself. <laughs> You're gonna build your ideal taco. What are your ideal taco toppings? What do you put on it? 
I'm very simple. My ideal taco toppings are the meat, okay, meat, the cheese, cheese. So um, your cheese goes right on top of your meat. I know some people put it in the bottom. I do both. Um, so okay. this is my taco. I got my shell. I'm gonna put my cheese at the bottom. Okay. Get some meat. Put some cheese at the top. Put some sour cream. Possibly some lettuce, a little bit of cilantro because I love to taste the cilantro. Mm -hmm. Then I'm gonna put some taco sauce on the top. Okay. And sometimes I might uh, layer with a few jalapenos, but that's my okay. idea of taco. Okay, I like that. Um, that you sandwich the cheese. I learned something. I don't mm -hmm. think I've ever thought of that. I'm very cheesy. No pun intended. <laughs> yeah, I, I did that pause. Who was gonna laugh first? It was me. Okay. Flint or Dallas? Both of them. Okay. So Wait a minute. I hate to say it like that because this is where I have, I have to say both because I didn't find did. my husband up in Dallas. You did, girl. But guess what? He from Flint and I ain't even know. If y'all been following this, y'all learned my story. I randomly met my husband who happened to be from Flint. So, Without Dallas, I don't meet my husband, who's from Flint. Without Flint, I ain't me, so both. <laughs> okay, I'll give that. All right, so a few Women's History Month, this or that edition. Okay, so Shirley Chisholm or Kamala Harris? Shirley Chisholm. All right, thank 100%. you. hundred percent. Shaka Khan or Mary J. Blige? <laughs> <laughs> the I way Shaka ate Mary J. Blige up for no oh, damn reason. Why she do? Why did she have to take it that far? <laughs> for me, it's gonna be Mary J. Blige because I grew up on What's Your Four One One, right? And I only learned to Shaka Khan because of Whitney Houston's "I'm Every Woman." And mm -hmm. at the end, she said, Shaka Khan. And Ooh. then I learned about Shaka <laughs> Khan and Rufus and all that. It's MJB for me. Okay. All right. Rosa Parks or Harriet Tubman? Harriet. Okay. Tell us more. It's because shout out to Rosa Parks. who And it's not putting Black women against each this other. This is not. This is no not. Shade, no shade, no But those who historically know, Rosa was not the first to not give up her seat. She just had the most prestige within the community. So they used her clout to move it forward. But shout out to her because sometimes you got to have a little clout to move things the way they need to be moved. Right. So there's she nothing wrong with her. that. So shout out to her. But I'm going to have to say Harriet because she did what needed to be done by any means necessary. Absolutely. Like whether you was, whether you was ready to go or not, we out. Let's go. And if you That's don't want to go, well, we you don't want to go. <laughs> I feel like Harriet may have low key been from Flint a little bit. <laughs> she she gave me Flint vibes. Um, I'm gonna go on to the next one and the last one, which is uh, Rihanna or Beyonce. Huh. Um. Beyonce. Why? I because for any factor, any factor, because I started off with I'm not in the beehive, but I started off with Destiny's Child and you don't okay. get Beyonce without Destiny's Child. 
you didn't get Destiny's Child out Matthew Knowles, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting for I'm voting for Matthew Knowles. If there's no Matthew Knowles, <laughs> right, right. Okay. All right, cool. Well, listen here. You mentioned a little bit about when we were discussing Flint or Dallas, how you met the love of your life. And Tanae is married now. Tanae is married now. Congrats, my sister. I am so happy for y'all. And so um, you're going to be approaching one year very soon in May. And I know there's a lot of philosophical conversations right now among Black women, especially Black women in their 30s, about, you know, marriage and partnership. So um, the conversation is shifting. A lot of women are finding new ways to, uh, 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 I guess, address what they want out of relationships. Maybe it's, I want to focus on my career and I got Mr. Bowlegs over there and I deal with, you know, I deal with that when I deal with that. Or some women are going through there's maybe a second marriage and or excuse me, a divorce and considering a second marriage. And so I think this is a very interesting age for women in this, you know, late 30s, pre 40s type of vibe. And so I wanted to talk to you a little bit more about your experience and to share something with the single girlies, me included, about, you know, um, how has that partnership for you in this stage added value to you as a woman? Come on, add value to me. All righty. I know. I, it's so interesting that you asked me this question. It's very apropos. I was in a conversation yesterday and one of my girlfriends was asking me how I felt about one of her friends uh, approaching dating. Okay. And the scenario was my friend hooked her friend up with someone and the guy, because, because the guy and the girl in question lived in two different cities, the guy suggested that they meet at a halfway point between both of the cities that they live in. Okay. And I thought that, I personally thought that that was a great gesture because it's not putting pressure on me to come mm -hmm. to you and you're not pushing pressure on him to come to you mm -hmm. and we're meeting in neutral ground. Well, the young ladies end up not having a date and then she told my friend, he didn't apply enough pressure. And I, the young lady in question I don't know her, but I didn't like this idea of not applying enough pressure. And I kind of know where it stems from. You mean mm -hmm. the guy is not putting in enough effort, but you, mm -hmm. I didn't like that statement. So prematurely mm -hmm. their meet in their encounter, it was premature mm -hmm. for this young lady to say he did not apply pressure when they hadn't even had their meet and greet yet. Right. And so I said, I got really upset and I was like, tell her to apply pressure to herself, to her morals, to her understanding, apply pressure to getting to know you more and seeking therapy, sis, because I felt like that comment was unhinged. And a lot of times we use popular social media rhetoric to guide the decisions we make without critically thinking about what is being said and what is actually happening. Mm -hmm. And so this partnership has added value to me in that it allows me to make informed decisions. From the Absolutely. time I started dating Terrence, it was an informed decision and it was my personal decision that I did not want influenced by outsiders. I didn't want it influenced by friends, social mm -hmm. media, 
anybody. I wanted it to be my clear cut decision, my gut, my conscious, my mind. And that's how I approached this uh, relationship that turned into a marriage and it has suited me for the best. It has added value to me because I married a partner who shares my values in community building and the love of black folk. And, and when you love black folk, not just certain black folk, not just educated black folk, not just well-to-do black folk, but the least among us. And he understands that. So that has added value to me and me understanding, like, don't discard people because they may yep. not be where you are in your thinking, in money, in anything, just even in their evolution of understanding our um position in this country and how our position in this country came to be. And so that has added value in me understanding that and just being more patient with others as he is patient mm -hmm. with me. And so I would have the advice I would give to the girls, those who are dating, that it's okay. Um, Whoopi Goldberg just did an interview where she's been married three times. And the interviewer asked her, has she loved, was she in love in all those marriages? And she said, nope, I didn't love neither one of them. I just married because I thought it was what I was supposed to do to feel mm. normal. So what mm -hmm. that says to me is that she was trying to feel normal and she was just doing things, anecdotal things that were maybe be how was prescribed to her through society is this is what she thought she was supposed to do. So yep. my advice is to know you. And that yep. you can be happy with or without that person. I am happy with my spouse, but if he wasn't here, I know what makes me happy. Mm -hmm. I know what uh, what I like and what I enjoy. So find something that you like and you enjoy and still do those things. I enjoy podcasting. And I, I, I find that men are attracted to know that you've got your own thing because there's going to be times where they want to be by themselves. You want to be by yourself. You want to do your thing. Yep. And, you know, so have whatever it is you got going on. You might like yep. nails. Yep. Uh, you might like mixing drinks, but, yep. you know, have your own hobby. You have your own thing outside of your spouse and then find things that for you and your spouse to be able to do together. Uh, yep. Enjoy each other and have fun. And lastly, I'll say to that is I'm glad that I got married at my big age. I got married at 37 and some people think that's a big age. And I look back and I feel like 20-year-old Tanae would not have been ready. Uh -huh. yep. And I remember my childhood hairdresser who did my hair from seventh grade until I was about 22. She got married in her 40s. Uh -huh. And I just remember that and how she was happy and how they were like settled in with each other. They were comfortable with each other. There was no pretense, uh -huh. I feel like, when you get married in an older age. So to those who feel like, oh, my God, I ain't married yet and I'm getting older, like mm -hmm. that's just more time of growth for you. And yep. that's more time so you can know what you will put up with and won't. Because in my 20s, I was of the mentality of ride or die and uh -huh. baby, no, ma'am. Yep. And I remember one time and jokingly, I asked Terrence, Will you, are you ride or die for me? And he was like, I'm ride and get injured a little bit, but I ain't dying. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I'm on. I ride and get injured a little bit, baby, but my life is valuable to me. So girls, don't be ride or die. <laughs> but that's so key because the thread throughout your entire response centered on values. And it's difficult to understand your values if you haven't uh, paid attention to some of your blind spots, right? I think a lot of relationships um, 
are rooted in codependency, right? We still have open mother wounds, father wounds, and these wounds from our hearts being broken. And so you cling to people to, well, I want to ride with you all day long. Why are you on your errands, babe? Like, no. <laughs> I am that too, because I am a stage five clinger. Let Girls, don't be fooled. I but like that's to be fine, under that. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure you also handle some business that day. Yes. <laughs> okay. And you might trick on him a little bit on the way out. Like I got you. A, um, I got you something at the store, <laughs> and I'm keep the change. Definitely, don't keep the change. Um, but no, values based dating is so important. It's so important so that you're focused on the right qualities in someone and social media is really distorting the process of dating. You know, like why would a dude drive an hour or whatever this distance is to see you? He don't even know you. If that was my son, I'd be like, son, don't go down there. Cause she's not trying to meet you halfway. She's right. not putting in energy. I think a lot of men are, are looking to be validated as well. They want to know if my energy is um, going to be appreciated here. If I if I drop a seed in this soil, can a plant grow here? They're also looking too. Okay, so evaluating ourselves from a values based standpoint in dating is so helpful because it pours into you, and then you have the fertile soil that a man may be able to nurture in a marriage or partnership. So it's beautiful that you spoke on that. And I am always rooting for you, love. Um, and so. I have really gone through all of my questions. This was a beautiful experience um, to yeah. talk with you. And I always am thankful for us being brought together so early on in life and how we have continued to grow in sisterhood over time. I am so appreciative. I thank you for this space. I never think about some of the things that you asked me. <laughs> I just kind of like go through life a little bit. Okay. And so, you know, it's good to always reflect to see how far you've come and the evolution. Like I'm proud of your evolution from, you know, the little girl that I met as a ninth grader, you know, the little 14 year old girl, always stylish, always beautiful. You were the most, one of the most beautiful chocolate girls I've ever seen. Thank um, you. That inspired me to like love my chocolateness because I just thought you were mm. so pretty. Um, and you know, and that and that's needed also, you know, to to you know, skins and textures and different sizes and all that. And girls, you know, need to know that no matter what size, no matter what shade, like there's beauty within you and outside of you. Um, yes. So yeah, like your evolution is beautiful. Just all the transformations <laughs> that you've been Thank through. You. <laughs> Girl, I didn't seen it all. Ain't that what Jesus said? <laughs> but I think that is also important to reintroduce yourself to your friends. Like I'm in this phase with my friends where I'm learning to open up to let them see me where I am now because mm -hmm. we're all evolving and learning new things and being placed in scenarios that challenge us, push us and to grow us even more. And so you're not the same today of four years ago. You're not the same today from last year. And so I think that these conversations, even in private with your friends, is good. Are they're good to have because you will learn something. I learned something new about what uh, you're into in the in the community. I think the uh, mental teen mental health training is super mm -hmm. cool. I never knew that. I'm going to ask you about it later. Um, <laughs> but this was amazing, and I'm really excited for your next uh, chapters and what life brings you. I'm excited too. I hope that this episode like is inspiring to others like i'm really like feeling this episode like you did that 
Thank you, girl. I'm just taking notes from you. Listen, remember we were supposed to start our two uh, our, our podcast, Two Point Girls, that we just never did. <laughs> but that's okay. That's a that's a testament in itself because you have ideas and they come and then they go and then some grow, some seeds you yes. plant, they grow, some fall by the wayside. But it's okay. Just keep moving forward. But I'm glad you said that to me because I just had a conversation this morning. I said, I have way too many million dollar ideas not to follow through. So for myself, I'm holding myself accountable to nurturing the things that I start. And so, you know, I went on two Flint Girls actually recently and I said, man, this is dope. Um, But as you said, there's a season and time for for things. So, you know, success out of season bears no fruit. So in due time. I guess that Michigan State (laughs) education did pay off for you. You know, I love my PWI, honey. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I love you so much. Thank you. Love you, friend. Bye. Bye.